Hey, everybody. Been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> New sound effects, I guess. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Good to be back with you. I've been gone in the podcast world for a little while. Uh, been, I don't know, just been busy. I uh, don't, I can't recall what I was doing. I just know that I wasn't doing this. So uh, I'm back. I want to welcome everybody to the Church on the North Coast podcast. Our greatest desire is to encourage ministry leaders, empower and equip volunteers, and to strengthen and build the believer. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. I'm so glad you're with me tonight. I have something special for you. Um, I'll be talking about the big five. When I talk about the big five, uh, really, the big five, it, it references the culture that we aspire to establish at Church on the North Coast. We limit it to five things. My text for tonight is going to be Luke 10, verse 40 to 43. Very common passage of Scripture. Everybody's familiar with it. And it says, but Martha was distracted. See, you know exactly where I'm at now. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached Jesus. She said, Lord, do, do you not care? My sister's left me to serve all alone. Tell her to help me. <laughs> Somebody help me. Jesus answered her and he said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. The kids these days have a saying, and uh, in my house, uh, there's a lot of young adults that hang out with some students uh, on occasion, and uh, they have this saying when they're talking when they're talking about one of their peers who who are being dramatic for attention, and they say this: they say. Oh, he or she is doing too much. And I feel like that's what Jesus is saying here to Martha. Martha, you're doing too much. Uh, you're looking for attention rather than transformation, uh, really is what Jesus is saying here. And Mary has chosen transformation, and I'm not going to pull her away from that which transforms. You're doing too much. So tonight I want to say this. This is the point of what I'm going to say to you. Everybody is called to one thing. Nobody is called to everything. You should write that down and make it a mantra in your life. I don't know if that's good, good or bad. We should really examine that mantra. What's a mantra? But uh, uh, you, should, you should make it like a principle in your life to, to understand that everybody is called to one thing. And nobody is called to everything. And one thing is something. All right, let me just be real clear, but take a drink of coffee. As you consider that, one thing is something. I want you to know you, you should be doing something. Now, I don't want to give a pass out there for everybody that says, yeah, see, I'm, not, I'm, supposed, to be, uh, I'm supposed to be taking it easy. I'm supposed to be chilling. I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, resting in the Lord. And a lot of times we'll use that excuse uh, to do nothing, and, and, and nothing is, is faith. Nothing is a lack of faith. Nothing is not faith. Something is faith. Faith looks like something. Faith looks like the one thing that God has called you to do that will create transformation 
not only in your life, but everyone around you. That's how you know it's the one thing that God's called you to do. So let's just say this. Something is the one thing that maximizes effectiveness and brings the greatest fulfillment to the believer. I'll say it again. Something is the one thing that maximizes effectiveness and brings the greatest fulfillment to the believer. Everything is equally tempting and destructing uh, and destructive when you're a visionary. You should hear me when I say that. Everything. If you're trying to do everything, if you're looking, if you're just out there trying to do everything, I want you to know that to a visionary, it is tempting to, to attempt to do everything because you can see everything. And that's the problem with many of us in the church, uh, in leadership, in places of influence, is that as a leader, you've been given great vision. And with great vision comes great responsibility and discipline. You have to be disciplined that just because you see everything doesn't mean you've got to do everything. So seeing everything is tempting because it tempts you to, you know, it, it tempts you and deceives you into believing that you can do everything, right? <laughs> I, uh, I was kind of raised that way to believe that, hey man, I can get it done one way or another. I'm going to get it done. I didn't realize that I was a visionary from birth, that I was a leader from birth. And I want you to hear me tonight. You're a leader from birth. You're you're a visionary. If you have the Spirit of God dwelling within you, you fly at 40,000 feet, you see different than everyone else. You're a leader. You're a visionary. So you must know that everything is equally tempting as it is destructive when you are a visionary. I want you to know this about, about everything. If you're tempted to do everything, everything is a thief. Everything will steal from the one thing. Everything, that's what everything does. Everything exists uh, as a, almost like the enemy knows that if he can get you to do everything, then he could ruin your one thing. So, so just be aware of the fact that everything steals from you. When you, when you attempt to do too many things, you neglect the one thing that really is transformational not only to your life, but to everyone around you. So you've got to stop doing everything and start doing one thing or something. Everything is that which distracts you from the priority of the sacred. Hear me again when I tell you, everything is that which distracts you from the priority of that which is sacred in your life. So you've got to, here's your homework, you've got to make a list. What is sacred? You've got to make a list of the very few things that you can do, the very, the some things that you can do. You can't do everything, but you could do some things. And you've got to make a list of what is sacred. How, you know, what is the, the something in your, in your family? What is the something at your work? What is the something in your ministry? What, what is something? You've got to begin to make a list of that which is sacred in your life, and you've got to protect it. And then you've got to nurture the one thing or the something in your life, because otherwise everything will continue to steal from it. So you've got to stop doing everything, and you've got to get disciplined and do something. Start doing a few things consistently rather than everything occasionally. <laughs> Man, if I, if, if I could, you know, 
I, just listen. Good leaders do consistently what average leaders do on occasion. I think uh, Greg... Uh, uh, Craig Rochelle uh, says that all the time. Great leaders do consistently what average leaders do occasionally. So you've got to start doing few things consistently. And it, it'll, it'll mess with you for a while. It's going to mess with you because you're not going to feel like you're doing as much as you used to do. But you used to do everything but got nothing accomplished. You ever feel like that in your life? Like I'm, I'm spinning my wheels as fast as I can, but I don't feel like I'm going that far. That's because you're doing everything, but you're not doing the one thing. The one thing is anointed by God in your life. The one thing is it's the purpose of God for your life. And wherever God has purpose, God provides power, strength, vitality. Wherever is there, there is purpose. And purpose will always follow you're one thing. It won't follow everything. God can't. God didn't equip you to do everything. He equipped you, he equipped you to do uh, one thing, something he, he equipped you to do. So everything, hear me, everything is poor stewardship. If you're out there trying to do everything, it's poor stewardship. You're not stewarding your time. You're not stewarding your money. Your, your resources, your friendships, your, your home life, your family life, everything. If you're doing everything, you're a poor steward of what God's entrusted you to. So you gotta, you got to be better at stewarding, and you can't steward everything. You can only steward something, one thing. Here, something is always effective. Something is always effective. Something will always be more effective than everything. A lot of people believe the more they do, uh, the more they, you know, the more uh, they'll leave uh, a mark on the world. But that's not true. You, you just, you, you muddy the waters and you get distracted and you make no progress because you're, you run from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And everything moves in increments of inches rather than miles. And when everything is moving at an inch pace rather than a mile's pace, you see, if you just moved three things, uh, you know, uh, if, you, if you move three things 500 yards a day, well, listen, suddenly you're making more progress than moving everything six inches every day. So, uh, begin to understand that something is always more effective than everything. Everything will rob your time. It'll rob your energy. So do something because it's more effective. Continually moving from one thing to another thing is exhausting. I'm saying the very obvious here. But uh, you know that in, in life sometimes you move from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And once again, as a leader, you're tempted to believe and, and live with self-deception that you can do this. But, but my 50 years on this big green ball of dirt has taught me that I can't. I can't. And, the, and, and in most cases, the most effective thing I can do is empower others uh, to do the thing that I see needs done, but I can't do it. And, and when you empower others... Um, you have to trust them fully. You can't just, uh, you know, give them a little bit of the power. You have to trust them fully. And that means sometimes they're going to make decisions that 
you necessarily wouldn't agree with. They're going to paint rooms different colors. You 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 wouldn't you would you would say no that I don't want that room that color. But you empowered the person, so you, you can you can spend all your time uh, giving that person tasks and following up with the tasks that you've given them, or you can empower that person to create culture for you. And so uh, one is more effective than the other. And moving continually from one thing to another will wear you out. It'll, it'll, it'll just, it'll steal your joy. It'll steal your energy. It'll leave you depleted. But uh, one thing, as you do one thing that leads to something, is going to fill your tank, is going to bring deep fulfillment into your life. It's going to make you, it's going to give you joy. It's going to, it's going to bring you joy. So I like to say in ministry, it's, it's, we've been consistently trying to create a culture of five things at uh, church on the North coast. I'm going to list them for you. But uh, when somebody asks me uh, if, if I can, you know, here's what a lot, here's what'll happen a lot of times. A lot of times people will get a burden for something, <laughs> something. And I, I want you to know if God's given you a burden for something, that something is not my something. That's your something. Uh, don't give me your something. All right. The, your something and my something can contribute to the whole thing, but I can't do everything and you can't do everything. And you, just because you feel passionate about it, doesn't mean that it's my thing to carry out. It's your thing. So something uh, is, is something for you to carry out if you have a burden for it. A lot of times people will bring me stuff and I say, Troy, you should meet with this person and you should do that. Or you should read this book and you should do this. We should implement this curriculum and this is how we should do it. No, this is how we should do it. No, no, no. This is how we should do it. Now, if you read books constantly, I want, I want, I want you to hear me because I, I love to read. I'm a reader. I, I believe that, you know, readers are leaders. I believe if you read, I think it is, two books a month in the field of your expertise within 10, 10 years, you'll rise to the top 10% uh, of your field. I, 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 I know that's to be a fact. I know that's to be a fact. I would, I would encourage you to read, uh, I think, no, I actually think it's one book a month. And then if you read two, you'll, you'll rise faster. You'll rise in half the time. So I would encourage you to read, but I want to caution you to, to understand something that doesn't matter what you're reading. Uh, there is one book that reveals the one thing, and that is the Bible, the living word of the living God. It is Jesus's word made flesh. It is, it is the logos become, you know, it, it's, it's the word of the Lord. It's the Bible. The Bible is the one thing that will give you, uh, kind of lead you in the direction of truth about your one thing. And I want to caution us uh, in the kingdom about exchanging uh, the Bible for all the other all the other things out there that you know because you can you can begin uh, to like you read something and you want to embrace that thing as the as the thing you want to read that and say man that's an amazing truth and uh, man we should we should do this actually this should become you know the center of what we do and i want to caution the kingdom i have always lived with this awareness no no put that away we we can we can pull and extract truth from it we can extract things that are helpful tools that we will employ to help create the culture of the kingdom here in our body of Christ. But what we're not going to do is, is replace the word 
which leads us to the one thing, the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is what we need to know what our one thing and something is that we're to carry out in this world. And so uh, we could even, you know, begin to take resources that we read and make them, you know, the thing that we that lead us. And then the next thing you know, we get strung along from revelation to revelation to revelation to revelation, and we're wearing ourselves out on revelation. I want you to know that that Bible is full of of the truth. It's full of the way, the truth, and the life. And if we just use that as the guiding source of our something and our one thing, we'll be doing it right. And that's it. We don't need anything else. And so a lot of times people will say, hey, how come you're, you're, you're not a part of this thing that they're doing or that thing that they're doing, especially in the last probably seven to 10 years, you know, as I've, as I've kind of taken over the ministry and, uh, from Dr. Kayatin, and they'll, they'll say to me, how come, you know, we're not, you know, participating in this or how come you're not doing this anymore? And, and I'll say to them, and, and they can attest to this, I'll say to them, I do five things. They said, what? I said, I do five things, and that's all I do. And then I, I, I tell them, they said, what do you mean you do five things? I tell them, I say, listen, I do gatherings, I do worship, I do students, I do life groups, and I do community missions. Those are the five things I do. And I got my hands full with those five things, and I'm not about to attempt to do anything beyond those five things with my purpose. That's it. I'm called to, uh, to, to provide anointed gatherings, to provide powerful gatherings that are presence-centric. That's it. That's what I do. What do you do? I, I, I host gatherings, man. I, I foster gatherings of God's people every Sunday, every Wednesday across Northeast Ohio. What do you do, Troy? I, 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 I do gatherings. I do gatherings. Do you do anything else? Yeah, I do worship. I, I believe that the world is desperate and mad, and we must demonstrate a culture of worship. We must, we must put right uh, what worship is to culture. And so we provide an anointed, presence-centric worship experience. What do you do, Troy? I do, I do five things. I gather. I host gatherings. Uh, we host uh, worship experiences, and then, you know, we do students, too. I do students, too. What do you mean? Well, we play chess, you know, for 40 years. Uh, we believe in Psalms 112 that, you know, we're raising up a mighty generation. And so we're, we're committed to our students. We're not playing for tomorrow or the next week. We're playing for 40 years from now. So we're, we're attempting to raise up a mighty generation. Uh, we're, we're, we're not hiring anyone older than, you know, 35. What? You can't do that. Yep, man, I'm committed. I'm committed to raising up an anointed generation that knows the Lord, the power of the Lord, that walks in the exploits, that walks in the signs and wonders of God. And so we do students. That's what we do. We do gatherings, we do worship, and we do students. You know what else we do? We do life groups because we, we believe that the power of God is only known in relationship with one another. That's why Jesus came. Be, he came and, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we do life groups. We do community together. We do relationships. We believe that it's more important that you be connected to somebody on Tuesday rather than 
only coming to a service on Sunday, that your roots go deep. They tie uh, together with one another. But relationships are the priority. And in, in here, let me just say this as we talk about life groups. Uh, I want I want everyone to be a part of our family here at Church on the North Coast. But I want you to know that no, there is no perfect family. There just isn't, man. You're not going to find a family that's not fractured, that's not, you know, fighting and, and, and disagreeing at times. And, but, but what you're looking for is love. What you're looking for is faith. What you're looking for is repentance. And I believe we have that here at Church on the North Coast. So we do gatherings, worship, students, life groups. And then lastly, you know, we do community missions work. Uh, we believe in creating hope, making a difference, and leaving a legacy in our community across Northeast Ohio. We want to serve our community uh, through missions work. We, we want to feed them. We want to clothe them. We want to, you know, evangelize them. So we're committed. You know, one of the visions at church on the North coast is to, uh, make sure that everyone in our community of faith, um, is a homeowner. So we're, we're committed to, um, you know, helping our, our congregation buy homes, uh, become landowners and homeowners. And, uh, we're committed to giving over a million dollars back to our congregation in 2023. This is one of the visions that we have. So we're, we're committed to, to community missions work, feeding, food, uh, you know, visiting the sick, but any missions work in, in our community. And so those are the five things we do. What do you do? We do five things. Uh, we do gatherings, worship, students, life groups, and community missions. Those are the five things we do. And honestly, I don't really have time to do anything beyond that. And so when, when a, a new fad of something comes up and tries to, you know, uh, catch the attention, I, I'm, I'm quick to turn, turn my, my head the other way and stay disciplined and say, no, I'm not going to deviate because I, I'm, I'm committed to gathering. I believe there's power in our gathering. I'm committed to, to providing a, an amazing worship experience where people are actually in the presence of the living God. I'm committed to generations that will be here well beyond uh, my grave. You know, I'm committed to life groups and relationships and making sure people know that they're loved and that they have a family. And I'm, community, uh, I'm committed to community uh, missions work, serving, uh, creating hope, making a difference, and leaving a legacy. And so those five things are enough. <laughs> They're enough. And those are the five things of our ministry. And I would encourage you, you know, like to find, you know, the one thing or the something that is sacred that you say, man, these, these, this is what is most beneficial uh, for my life. This is what's worth my life. And I'm going to give my life to it. And so I'll close with these five things. Uh, I'll close this, this podcast with these five things. I want you, I want to encourage you to serve people, not services or agendas. It's real easy as you create your, your list of uh, one things or the some things that you would begin to uh, exploit people uh, for your own agenda. But, but I, want, I want, it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to make, you know, make people serve your thing. But I want you to know um, it can't be that way. People are always the reason we use the services the services are just a means to an end. So all of those five things I listed are all just a, a means to an end of just the one thing. And the one thing is is the person. It's you. It, it's it's your neighbor. It's your aunt. It's your uncle. It's your mother. Your father. So serve people, not services or agenda. One thing is for serving others. Along with that, I want. To, secondly, I want to tell you that power is for serving and not for self promotion. Uh, God gives power with His purpose. 
you'll always know your purpose because it'll come prepackaged with the power of God, with the zeal of God, with the vitality of God. And power is not for serving yourself. Power is not for affirming yourself. This isn't to make you feel better. The the authority, God, God will always give authority with the one thing he gives you. And that authority is not for you. It is, is for you to serve others. And so we must be very aware of this, where the, where the anointing is, there's authority. Wherever the presence of God is, there is authority. And you'll know the one thing because the one thing will always come prepackaged with the anointing, with the presence of God on, on it. And, and if you're not careful, you'll begin to utilize the one thing to serve you rather than what God made it for, and that's to serve others. And then, so number three, division is anything that violates vision. Division is anything that violates vision. So I want you to know that saying yes to everything brings division. Saying yes brings division. The best thing you could do for your vision is start saying no. Start limiting yourself and what you're giving yourself to. Now, don't use that as an excuse to, to be, you know, to be lazy. <laughs> I can see a lot of people saying, all right, then I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, you've got to ask God what he's, what he's permitted you to do and what he's anointed you to do. So uh, division is anything that violates that, that vision. Uh, number four, we're better doing less together than more individually. I wish the church would understand this. Your one thing plus my one thing is more powerful than everything we could do. And uh, instead of running down the road and starting your own church, I wish that we could just understand that you're just as anointed doing less together than more individually. You're wearing yourself out doing something that you could be doing right here in a family together, and we could be making more of a difference here. So we're better doing uh, less together than more individually. Your one thing plus my one thing is more powerful than everything. And then lastly, the difference between excellence and perfection is pride. I say that to you because you have to continue to improve your one thing until it's excellent compared to the last time you did it. So we're not here. We're not in pursuit of perfection. Perfection is an illusion. Perfection is, is self-delusion. It's not real and it's, it's steeped in pride. It's, 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 it's the, the center of perfection is pride. And so I want to encourage you to pursue excellence. So whatever your God's called you, the one thing that God's called you to do it excellently, continue to improve it every day and only compare it to, to the last time you did it. Only compare it to yesterday. Don't compare it to the person that's doing it beside you or down the road or on, on TV and, you know, just stop comparing it. And, and the difference will be, you know, the difference between excellence and perfection is pride. And lastly, uh, lastly, lastly, is the Bible is your one thing source. I want you to know the Bible is your one thing source. You want to know what you, you want to know what your one thing is. Get to the Word, and it will tell you. Make a list, and only do that. God, I pray that you would help us all to do the things that are most needed. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. I pray that this blessed you as much as I received from it. I pray that it blessed you as as much as it did me to to receive it and give it. I, 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 these are principles that have kind of been formed in my life over 27 years, and I feel like I'm finally starting to understand some of this stuff. I got to go. Thank you for taking the time. 
joining me. I pray you're encouraged, empowered, and strengthened. Wake up and hustle like heaven. Make sure somebody out there feels the effects of your influence. Bring heaven to your home, your city, your nation. Don't wait till it's too late. Get to a place of manufacturers. Hope this Sunday. Get to church. I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. It was awesome being with you.